All right, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast. I'm your commish, the Denver Desert Dog, Matt Kozlowski. Almost your last place commish, but I have to shout it out to my boy Brandon Scher for keeping me out of that spot. Joining me tonight, where I normally sit, first place, Seawolves, Phil Bruce. Wow, what, what an intro. I'm coming off about eight hours of Zoom and, and Microsoft Teams calls tonight, so I'm excited to be a part of it and talk about something that's not medicine with all you kind gentlemen here. And as you alluded to, Seawolves sitting in first place, things looking strong, which means it is absolutely inevitable that COVID-19 will shut down the NFL season in short order. What's What would be worse? The NFL season gets shut down in week seven? <clears throat> or it gets shut down in like week nine and you get passed for the points lead in that week. Hmm. <laughs> probably, yeah, probably the second one. <laughs> yeah, especially considering the lead I have right now, that would be that would be pretty devastating. Yeah, you don't, so you, I guess, you don't want to win a day. Shane, welcome to the podcast, buddy. Uh, yeah, thanks, thanks for the intro. Good to be here, <laughs> Matt. Excited. Yeah, actually, the statement you just made made me think we haven't really hashed anything out. I know we said after week eight, the winner will be whoever's total points. But are we divvying up? Like, we're not giving a flat 500 or 600 or whatever it is to whoever has it, right? Or are we? No, I mean, I'm going to go top division. What, top three, high score in each division. Yeah, I'll, yeah, we'll figure it out. People will get paid. <laughs> No, that's not happening. No, no. Second and third, second and third will get paid. High one week will get paid. High score will get paid. The the it will be divvied. Okay. Yeah, that's something we guess we can just sort out. Yeah, Phil, I think uh, Rankin passed you for first in the crystal ball pool this week. So. Oh man, but. not a clean sweep. Maybe there's hope. We will have a season. <laughs> Um, waiver wire was pretty weak this week. Oh, sorry. Let's do some trivia. Phil, you have a question. You're in first place. There's the answer. Bed. Next. <laughs> yeah, no, this is one of those that doesn't really have a whole lot of meaning behind it, other than quarterback seems to be more of a focus this season and swinging our matchups more than it ever has, probably partly due to the rule change that we enacted, I believe, at the start of last season. But for nevertheless, I want you guys to tell me who are the QB1s through the first four weeks of the NFL season. So those so coveted QB1s, who are they in our league? And some of these names, they're, they're no-brainers, they're layups, but... The other ones, I, I think you're going to be surprised by. Good, Shane. Okay. Well, um, are we going by total points? Total points. Okay. Um, you want me to go first, pass? Yeah, good. Because I was going to say, total points changes things. Cause I, I think there's might be a couple in there that would be if it was just by average, but they haven't played because of COVID. Um. Well, obviously, I guess I'll, I'll take the easy one right away. I'll take RW. 
RW1 has nine more points than any other quarterback in the league. And I think the only person he's outscored is uh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen is correct. QB2. Um, Dak Prescott has to be on there. Wow, you guys are going right through this. Dak Prescott, QB3. Uh, and those three guys, Wilson is 155, Allen 146, Dak 143. They're really the, the top tier so far this year. I think this uh, this Mahomes guy is good. Mahomes is good, and he is QB four. He's got one thirty two. Um, give me some Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray QB six. Ah, yeah, I'm trying to get five there. Um, I think he's probably still on this list, uh, Mister Joe Burrow. Mr. Joe Burrow is, let me scroll, QB 10, 89 points. Burrow's 10. How about Mr. Aaron Rodgers? Ooh, he's Mr. Five. Aaron Rodgers, QB 5, 131. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, he has not been outstanding. He's been good. But I think uh, I think this guy's on the list just because I think he's got eight or nine touchdowns. Uh, I'm going to say Jared Goff. No, wrong. QB 14. Uh, Goff only has 84 points so far. Okay. Pretty sure after a decent week last week, uh, he, he snuck in because I think he was 13 last week when, when I asked you guys. I said it. Uh, Lamar probably jumped in at 12. He did, yeah. QB8, 97 points, Lamar Jackson. Okay. Um. So you guys need 7, 9, 11, and 12. I got one. I got one. Oh, how about Thomas Brady? Yeah, that was mine. That was what I said. Touchdown Tommy, QB7, 104 points. Yeah, five last week had to get him into into QB one status. Mm, now it gets tough. That was the one I had. How about? Hmm. Not a lot of good names left. How about uh, my quarterback, uh, Gardner Minshew? Gardner Minshew, QB eleven. 88 so points. Dude, Good sucks. guess. He's so bad at football. I don't think Scam's there. He couldn't afford to miss a week. Um, I think I got one more name. How about Matt Stafford? Ah, Matt Stafford. QB 13. 86 points. Got one more guess as I'm rifling through some names here, and always a reason for these questions. And he's got the best receiver in football. So <laughs> how about Matt Ryan? Yes, the Matt Ryan Calvin Ridley connection has been real enough to get him to QB one territory. QB nine, ninety points for Mr. Ryan. Mm, I'm out. Yeah, there's there's. 
QB 12 is um, a little challenging. Teddy, but there's only 32 of them in the league. Teddy Two Gloves. Nope. Teddy Two Gloves is QB 18. Oh, wow. <laughs> Always a reason for these questions. Always a reason for these questions. Man, I am... I am... I mean... The other names were all the COVID guys I thought would be up there would be close, but I figured they'd be. I mean, Tannehill was playing pretty well, but missing that game probably doesn't have him in there. Always a reason for these. Ben played pretty well. There's a reason. What the hell's the reason? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Deshaun Watson? <laughs> no, he's like QB 18. Come on. Well, Teddy Bridgewater's QB18. You just said that. Um, I said what I would hear. <laughs> it's not Carson Wentz. It's not Dwayne Haskins. Uh, it's not, not Daniel Jones. It's not any of the Broncos quarterbacks. It's not any of the... Derek Carr? Derek Carr, QB12, riding the coattails of his tight end five in Darren Waller. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're such a Always a reason for these questions. All right, Shane, your shirt, Shane. Let's go. Keep this moving. <laughs> right. So I kind of had a, head start, a little head start on that one because the question I was going to ask you is kind of a staple on our, our program. It's week four. The quarter, we're at the quarter poll. Um, I was going to ask you – I was going to add a little caveat this year. Usually I ask you the – I want the leaders from each division in football. I was going to ask you QB, running back, and wide receiver, but since we just hashed out some quarterbacks, let's go with just the running backs and receivers that are leading their football division in fantasy points so far this year. So there's 16, I guess, 16 names. So they are the wide receiver one or running back one in their division. Do you want to go division by division? You can go whatever. There's 16 names going to <laughs> the Schwab. 16 names, so. All right, I'm going to go Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is the RB1 in the NFC North. So that is, that's the correct answer. Alvin Kamara is the running back one in the NFC West. South, sorry, South. He is in the South. He's not in the West, but he is in the South. That's correct. Uh, let's this go. isn't as easy. This isn't as easy as you think. So there's some tough names here, but there's some easy ones. Let's go with a gentleman by the name of Mike Evans. Mike Evans is not the leader in the NFC South because the best receiver in football resides there. But the best receiver in football had a goose egg last week, but I still think it's Calvin. <laughs> I still think it's Calvin Ridley. <laughs> It is Calvin Ridley in the NFC South. So Cause wins again, I think, for the third consecutive week. I think we missed week one. <laughs> How many weeks does Phil lose on his second guess, too? I feel like it's like... <laughs> just about everyone, I feel like. <laughs> you know, you, you just got two of them wrong in like the Evans last game. Is, I didn't say anything about it. Pretty sure Evans is the number two receiver in the South, so... Yeah, he's wide receiver eight this year. Bunch, yeah. bunch of two-yard touchdowns. He's having a, a Todd Gurley-like season. <laughs> well, you're up, so. 
Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon is not the RB1 <laughs> in the AFC North. <laughs> The AFC North running back one. God, that's hard. Um, I'm going to guess it's Chubb over Hunt, but it's close. It is not Nick Chubb. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'll go Hunt. It is Kareem Hunt. The injury last week enabled him to pass him, so Kareem Hunt is RB1 in the North right now. All right, uh, running back one in the NFC East is Ezekiel Elliott. That is correct. Hmm. Man, Phil, I am disappointed in you. Hmm. I thought you'd be throwing this out in our face right away. I'm trying to go through my team. I have so many good players. Hmm. first two weeks were good enough to hold off Jared McKinnon. I'm going to go with Chris Carson. Carson is number one in the West. That's correct. Once traded for Julio Jones amongst others. Correct. Don't remember the others, but it was Julio Jones was definitely in there. <laughs> I think even with the injury, Eckler was AFC West. Incorrect. Uh, AFC West running back one is one. Just make sure, double check. It's not Melvin Gordon. It's not Eckler. I think it's Clyde Edwards Hilaire. You went with the wrong one, buddy. Josh Jacobs. It is Josh Jacobs. So we're still looking for. A receiver in the AFC West and NFC West. We're looking for a receiver in the NFC North. We're looking for the entire AFC South and AFC East. And we're looking for a receiver in the NFC East. Hmm. You're up, guys. All right, NFC West, it's either Hopkins or DK Metcalf. I'm going to say it's DeAndre Hopkins. Ooh, that is incorrect. It is not DeAndre Hopkins. I'll go Metcalf. 
Ooh, that is incorrect. It is not DK Metcalf. <laughs> then it must be Tyler Lockett. It is Tyler Lockett. He has caught one and ran one back a couple times this year, I feel like. <laughs> he is the number one receiver in the West right now. I sense someone's finger is getting close on the trigger to pull in that stone cold lock of the week. <laughs> uh. All right, NFC's receiver. Let's hash this out, Phil. Yep, Montgomery on the bench for a touchdown there, huh? Good, good coaching by the so you, back. So I said lock it. You're up. NFC's give us a receiver. It's not an eagle. It's not a redskin. So it's either Amari Cooper. Yeah, I, was I was thinking CeeDee Lamb. It is not CeeDee Lamb. That is incorrect. Okay. I think it's Amari Cooper. It is. He's actually wide receiver two in the league right now. I did not realize that. I didn't realize <laughs> that either. Um, it is a clean sweep for the Cowboys in the NFC. Cooper, Elliott, Prescott, number one at their positions. They don't play any defense. All right, NFC. We need an NFC North receiver, Phil. Vikings, Bears, uh, Packers, and Lions. God, I think I know who it is. Um, I think. Is it Lazard? What? It is not Lazard. It's Allen Robinson the second. That is incorrect. It is really? not Allen Robinson. He is he is wide receiver thirteen, but there's someone ahead of him. Hmm. He's number two in the division. Could it be Justin Jefferson? It is not Justin Jefferson. Then it's he's the, wide receiver nineteen, but feeling feeling. It is Adam Thielen. He's wide receiver four overall. Like, what is going on? I when did that know happen? He was doing anything. Yeah. All right, AFC East, we need a receiver and a running back. Um, yep. The receiver, I believe, is Stephon Diggs. That's correct. Um, running back. Is it Burkhead? Good pull. It is Rex Burkhead after his big week three performance. He is the top running back in the AFC East right now. That's that's pretty unbelievable. All right, AFC South. Is Henry good enough? Well, he's definitely good enough. But with the one week out, is he? Does he have enough points to hold off one James Robinson? That's the question. I'm gonna go James Robinson. James Robinson. It is James Robinson. He has Henry by like 25 points. Oh, wow. Or 20, 20 points. Yeah, he's an RB1. All right, then we need a receiver in that division. It's not a Colt. I don't think it's a Jaguar. It's not a Titan. So it must, and oh, God, there's no one. It, is it Will Fuller? Good pull. It is Will Fuller. Wow. Wide receiver 20 overall, the top good enough for the top spot, just ahead of DJ Chark. So then we just need the top receiver in the AFC West. It's not a Raider. 
I don't think it's Jerry Judy. So it's either Keenan Allen or Tyreek Hill. I'm going to go Hill. It is Tyreek Hill. They are the top two, but Hill, Hill is number wide receiver eight right now. Mm-hmm. Allen is wide receiver 16. That was, that, was just, that was just weird with all the COVID stuff. And you figured out which teams missed stuff. Yep. All right. All right, let's get into it. Yeah, we had so we had a trade this week. Let's talk about it. Um, Papa Kaz trades $20 draft cash, makes a move to add a running back. Uh, no Julio this week. He was already having a questionable flex from week to week. So he goes out and gets David Johnson from the Abusement Park, who starts their fire sale. Um, probably a little bit of an overpay, but, it, you know, if you got to go out and get a guy, um, David Johnson's been good so far this year. It's definitely... Better than most. Um, but I would say probably a slight overpay. But um, he needed to make a move. So that was a move that was available and he made it. Go ahead, Phil. It felt like a slight overpay. Um, and I, I, yeah, I, I, I like David Johnson. I think he's an RB2. But probably a back end RB two. Um, could he have gotten him for a little cheaper? Maybe, but you know, it's I don't know how much cheaper you could have got. I'm, I'm I'm fine with it. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I think it's a little bit of an overpay. Um, David Johnson, kind of a, a back end RB two, but I guess he he, need, he needed a, a running back. Um, if he's, he's still sitting there at two and two. Trying to make playoff push, you need something. Um, I don't know that it moves the needle enough for me to, to move him up to where some of the top teams are. But I mean, I guess you gotta do what you gotta do. A uh, big, uh, big waiver move this week was Stein adding Dearnest Johnson. I guess just uh, run us through what you were doing there. I just watched the game last week. I know it was against the Cowboys, but the guy looked really good. Uh, Nick Chubb's out. Um, seems pretty clear that the Browns are going to want to employ a two-running back system. So I figured he looks like he's going to be the guy that's going to step in and take a lot of Chubb's carries. So I no secret that I'm really hurting at the running back spot. I'm not going to be one to give up on the season just yet. So I figured, you know what, let's make a move and, and go get somebody. I like it as a dart throw. Why, why not? Uh, don't know if you need to spend 33 on him, but you got him. He's on your team. We'll see how it shakes out. Uh, the reason was sure had 32. I figured he might empty the tank with the Chubb replacement. Yeah. Um, so I went 33 just to make sure he wasn't going to empty everything. Um, but I figured I didn't have much to lose. Um, didn't really need to put in a keeper price for him. Wasn't really looking at keeping him next year, so... Or maybe you know what? Maybe he takes over and starts putting up some RB two numbers and keeps me competitive. I need need a running back, so who knows? Yeah, they're definitely going to run two running backs out there, so <clears throat> there's some value there. Uh, I think he was definitely the top player to add this week. Justin Jackson also goes to the franchise for twenty seven dollars. That should be a a decent buy. Um, they they're also a team that should run. 
uh, two running backs a lot, and Josh Kelly has shown uh, some fumble issues the last couple weeks. So um, Justin Jackson might be a good add. I guess we should also talk about um, me adding Saquon Barkley for $15. Yeah, I was wondering if you were going to avoid the topic or not. <laughs> no, no, um, it's no. I, I actually forgot about it. That's kind of the, the big waiver move of the week. Um, and I know, obviously, I'm sure you're. No, I don't know if you know this is coming, but I mean, there's definitely definitely stirred some some talking in the league. Um, great, I just want to start off. Great move by you. I mean, every obviously no one else paying attention, so. Pretty pretty shitty for our league to that all of us missed out on it. <laughs> no one really paid attention to the to the move Sunday morning. Um, but good on you for for seeing that Fegley drops him late Saturday night, and that he that he's there to be picked up. Um, clearly, clearly a huge pickup. Um, it did did uh, raise some questions from some people messaged me and stuff in the league, saying is that is there something maybe we can do? I know we. I don't I want to preface this by saying no one did anything wrong. This is obviously Barkley holds no value for Fegley this year. Um, not a not really at a keeper price. Um, you are paying attention. No one else was. You get them and swoop in there and get them for a nice keeper value price. But we have the the thing in where if we drop players after I guess it's week eight I think where we can't. No, after the, after after the regular season. This is after the regular, <clears throat> okay, after the yeah. regular season. Um, it's just for a situation like this. I mean, I don't. I don't know that. <laughs> I feel like there's something we could do. Where I mean, we don't want players that are like when Antonio Brown was getting dropped or getting bought for ninety dollars, and if he gets hurt and someone drops him, just due to the situation, like, do we really want people to be able to pick him up for for ten, fifteen dollars and ha- have that that great piece right away? I don't know. I, I think that that's something that we should probably discuss as a league. Yeah, I, look, kudos to you. You were paying attention. You you got it done. Um, shame on everybody else in the league, including myself. I, I had thought that looking at his roster late in the week last week that that might be a possibility with all the COVID concerns and trying to field a roster. I am guessing this isn't the first time or the, the last time, I should say, that this is going to happen. But I... You know, Good move on your part. Now you have a, a top five keeper going into this year that you can either flip for some really good pieces or you can hold on to it and, and keep for next year, provided that we finish the year. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't I, I was happy to get him. I can't say I felt great about it. Like, I thought there might be some uh, some blowback from it. I, like Shane said, I don't think anyone acted uh, inappropriately. Um, Fedley's sitting at two and two. With Fournette and Sterling Shepard, I mean, I guess you could argue, should Sterling Shepard be a guy you place on IR and drop Barkley, like, to each their own, um, in that sense, but, I don't know, I don't know a better way to handle it, and, right now at least, um, and the only thing, the only thing I'll say is that, no, just the only thing I'll say is, and it goes back to the conversation we had three years ago, yeah, keeping Saquon Barkley for $15 helps me significantly probably next year and maybe even a year later. But what what is the real shelf life on this guy? I mean, he's already shown through three seasons that he can't stay healthy. 
Um, so I don't know. He plays. Right. He plays well, the what's position. What's the shelf life on on any keeper? I, I think if you get two or three good years out of him at a cheap price, and he's a top tier RB one, what what more are you going to get out of a keeper position? No, my my thing is that it's just like this isn't going to set me up for life. Is what I was what I was trying to get at. You know, I mean, we've seen Eddie keep Michael Thomas. I think he's probably the longest tenured keeper at this point. Um, I would imagine Fedley has no intentions of getting rid of Patrick Mahomes for the foreseeable future. But very rarely are you going to see someone keep someone for longer than two, three years anymore, I believe. Yeah, I'll just, I just want to say, I'll add that in discussions with some people in the league, I mean, as far as what we can do, I mean... Who are these people? I want to know who they are. I'm not going to put anyone on blast. Um, but just thinking, just thinking out loud as far as the situation goes, maybe putting something in place where if people are drafted, that that is set as their, their keeper price for the next year, um, just so we don't run into a situation like this again. Um, of, of having Just because of... The, it's more also the situation we're in with COVID where... People just have to drop players just to be able to field rosters because people are getting unexpected bye weeks and having to sit so many people out that you need to go get players. Like, you know, we don't really want to – I don't know that we want to have a fantasy league where we're dropping players that are generally top ten players in the league because <coughs> they got hurt. Um, well, what about the other side of that? All right, so if, if you're saying, all right, draft day values or player values and that's it, well, what about everybody you pick up on the waiver wire? Are they well, then, zero dollar players? No, I mean they're whatever you whatever you pick them up on the waiver wire for. So their price can change throughout the year, but draft players cannot. Yeah, I mean that's that's that was the thought. I haven't really put much thought into it, but that was the thought of if a player is drafted, then they're that's their tag for the next year, no matter what happens. That they can be picked up for fab for less. But their keeper value, as far as going into the next draft, would be whatever they were drafted for in, in that year. So, you draft Saquon Barkley for whatever he went for. I don't even know what it was. Ninety dollars. That's what he's. He can be picked up for Fab for fifteen. But if you want to keep him for the next year, his price tag is still going to be ninety. Just so we don't run into players, teams having to drop top tier talent like that, and shifting the whole pendulum of the league by one move and. But I, like I said before, I, I think this is a great move, and I wish I was paying attention because this would have been a great ad for my team. I, I, I dropped the ball by not looking Sunday morning because um, I was more worried about getting a quarterback, and I had already had my moves in. You're not expecting a Saquon Barkley to get dropped on a Saturday night at 8 o'clock. You're not expecting that kind of player to be available. So it's just something, something to look at. I mean, I don't know that we want – so say – Who's another player that went for high value? This year? Like, do we really want like DeAndre Hopkins gets hurt? Do we want him to be able to be picked up for for ten dollars next week? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a good discussion, and it's gonna be again. I said it before. I I, I don't think this is the last time this season that we're gonna be in this type of situation. Um, and if we were gonna do a rule, rule change, this season would be the one to do it. It's just really hard to. To do it mid year, I, I don't think we could. We'd have to do it. Uh, no, 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 year. absolutely not for not for this year. I'm, we're talking about for next year. This is hey, there's there's no hey. This was 
like we said, a great a great move, and you get the benefit for catching the rest of the league napping. So nothing to be nothing to be nothing was done wrong. It's just something that maybe we look at in the future going forward. Hey, do we do we really want that to happen? Yeah, because I mean, honestly, it, those those kind of moves, I mean, those are those are league swingers right there. <laughs> they they really are. That's a that's a league swinging move. All right. Well, <clears throat> I, I I do have some thoughts. We can hash them out and maybe bring them up on a later podcast. I know there's some rules that we had in place um, in our old baseball league that that would have avoided a situation like this. Um, but we can we'll chat about them and we'll try to get some ideas on paper. I mean. Uh, one thing I usually ask is if someone has an issue with something, don't just say I have an issue with this some provide a solution of some kind. Um, so we'll try to try to come up with something and see if we can address it. I will say this is the first time we've really had this issue in six years other than yep. that one time in the playoffs. But I think the playoffs are a different example when you when you need to drop players in order to advance in the playoffs. So yeah, yeah, it comes up. I mean, it all stems back to the Mike Evans when I dropped him, um, trying to pick him up again for a cheaper value. I mean, it's kind of stemming from that. But this is a little different now, just in the world we're living in with how many players are out. And we just, I just don't know that we, we don't want to set the precedent of, of dropping top-tier talent and having them just on the waiver wire for, for all to be had for yeah for much cheaper prices. I mean, I did talk to Fegley, and he, he, he definitely debated whether or not he should have even dropped him he said like i really didn't want to cause any waves but like i'm sitting here two and one and i'm trying to get to three and one and i have this dead spot on my roster like what am i to do uh, you know so i guess my question is i didn't look did Fegley put a bid in for barkley then no because he had to drop him in order to pick up a player to play that week Okay. So adding him back would have done absolutely nothing for him. It was more about the roster spot, not the player. Okay. So he had Fournette and Sterling Shepard on his two IR spots, and he wanted to hold those guys because he thinks they'll help him win this year. Gotcha. So that was, I guess, what happened. All right, we have very little time to talk about the matchups now since it was a long trivia, and then uh, we spent quite a bit of time on that, so... Dogs versus Flock. Um, we'll start off with the Dogs. Um, will, will we ever see Zach Ertz be Zach Ertz this year, or is this a lost season for the Eagles to end? Uh, I think we're on the downhill slide here. I think we're on the downhill slide for Ertz. We saw pretty peak... I don't know, I think it's seven seven or eight years, um, which is a pretty good lifespan for a tight end in this league. Um, really tough to sustain much longer than that, and I, I don't know that he's ever going to get back to being a top-tier tight end like he has been for, for so long. So I'm going to cautiously put him into the bottom, bottom tier of the tight end world right now, maybe in the seven to ten range. I don't know what's going on with Earth. I haven't paid enough attention to the Eagles this year. Is it he can't play anymore or he's ticked about his contract and he's just making a scene of it? 
because some of these tight ends, I, I know he's been banged up, but I just saw Jimmy Graham make a ridiculous touchdown catch in the end zone. And, and he's somebody who's been injured and concussed so many times where he, he doesn't even look like the same version of himself some years. And then he comes back and looks okay. So I, I, I don't, I don't, air on the side of him being run down there, there seems like there's something else going on especially when there's nobody else in that offense to throw to so I, I'm just I'm a little puzzled by it I'm not ready to give up on him um, but it's a mystery to me I think it's pretty simple Carson Wentz is playing the worst football of his career um, <clears throat> he's not able to get the ball effectively to anyone um, and it's especially his short passes we've seen flub a couple easy uh, screen passes, or I should say outlet passes, and Ertz runs the short to intermediate routes, and that's where Wentz is really, really struggling, is completing those passes, so it's a combination of Wentz not playing well and then literally having no other options in the passing game other than Ertz. I think Ertz, <clears throat> if Wentz is able to figure it out, Ertz will be fine. If not, this is going to be a problem this year. Yeah, just real quick, Phil, and then we can move on. I mean, the reason you can see Jimmy Graham sustain this is because he's such a physical freak in the end, in the red zone area, and he's just a t- different type of player from Ertz. Ertz does a lot of his work in the middle of the field, um, being being that kind of tight end. I mean, Jimmy Graham's able to sustain because he's still able to dominate when they get inside the like ten yard line. Yeah. Uh, DK Metcalf gets a Sunday night game. At home against Minnesota. Over under 20 points for DK Metcalf this week. Over. There's at least one big bomb to Metcalf in this game for a touchdown. It's over and it's not close. He goes 25 plus. I think it's over as well. I... I really wonder how many points Russell Wilson is going to score this week. Uh, uh, right now, projected 104.6 to 104.5, closest matchup projection of the week. Who wins? Dogs versus the flock. Give me the desert dogs, because there's no reason not to. This is going to come down to whether or not Mozart can orchestrate his symphony and if he suits up I'm not even sure he's going to get a full workload give me the flock all because of that matchup uh, this is tough I don't like Dak and CD and DK Metcalf but then I also see T.Y. Hilton and Brandon Cooks in that lineup I like that um, but then I look at my team and I see Curtis Samuel Daryl Henderson Sammy Watkins there's some bad players on my side too um, but I'm not ready to quit just yet. I'm taking the Desert Dogs. <clears throat> All right, Clan versus Mad Dogs in the Favre. Start off talking about the Clan. Um, God, this team is poor. Uh, Tyler Boyd, <laughs> Tyler Boyd at Baltimore. Uh, what do you guys expect from Tyler Boyd? He's been quietly one of the better receivers in the game this year. Yeah, this is Tyler Boyd's offense at the moment. Um, he's the number one guy. Um, seems to have really good rapport with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow came out in the beginning of the year saying Boyd was going to have a huge year. And it's it's coming into fruition here. The last three weeks have all been great. Um, 
I expect more of the same. <clears throat> I expect them to be trailing, having to throw the ball, and I, I think that's a lot of targets for Boyd. Um, I don't think it's a huge breakout week, but it, I, Baltimore's defense is pretty solid. Um, but another good week for Boyd here. It's just not one of those lineups you get excited about when you wake up on Sunday morning and you fire up the ESPN app. That being said, Tyler Boyd is the one or two bright spots on, on this roster. Uh, and I think it continues against Baltimore. that They'll be playing from behind. Burrow's going to be getting crushed all game. Uh, I, I probably seven or eight sacks is not out of the question. Uh, that being said, he's going to have to toss it up in the air. and He's going to be throwing it to Boyd because A.J. Green is – Nothing more than a decoy, at least in this point of the season. Yeah, Green's not even the number two on this team. I think T. Higgins is the clear two on this team. Um, Boyd, yep. Boyd, Higgins, and Burrow. That's a pretty good trio for next couple of years in Cincinnati. And until they fix that defense, those guys are going to get a ton of targets. So, like I think you guys said, don't love the matchup. He'll probably get a lot of Marlon Humphrey in this game, but... Um, there should be enough targets to keep Boyd uh, relevant and a decent scorer for the clan this week. Damian Harris finds his way into the starting lineup for the Mad Dogs. He had a little bit of juice last week. Um, he looked good, uh, ran hard, but he is still a running back on a Bill Belichick coach team. So there's some obvious concern there. This game's moved to Monday night now. What do you guys think about Damian Harris? the Patriots running back uh, this week for the Mad Dogs. Who knows? He looked (laughs) really good last week, but for me, it's still, I mean, you're, I think you feel okay putting him in your flex, but if you get, if you get to that 10 points, you feel, you feel excited about it. Um, you, You just can't expect these Patriots running backs to, to put up huge weeks for you. They're, they're startable for sure, but I, I don't know. You, you're just not, I'm just not willing to put any of them in a RB1, RB2 spot. Neither is he. He has them in the flex. Yeah. I, I'm all right with the play this week. It's going to be an ugly game against Denver. It, it looks like it's at happy hour. It starts at five. <laughs> uh, I will not be doing or I will not be tuning into the game I'll be just living my life at 5pm and then I'll come back to Monday Night Football later but I, I, I like Harris this week it, it, it's going to be choppy I it, it'll come down to he'll hit 10 points whether or not he gets in the end zone I, I don't think he'll get 100 yards on the ground again but yeah I don't hate the play I'd have a hard time playing uh, him over Jerry Judy I think no Gilmore this week uh, the Patriots should be throwing a lot of eight-man boxes at Melvin Gordon in that running game and making rip and beat him through the air. Um, I think I'd have to get Jerry Judy in there. but um, And even Miles Gaskins is touching the ball so much, you'd have to consider him. I'm not sure Harris is the play here, but I can understand uh, the upside and intrigue. Who wins this one? Mad Dogs versus Clan. Uh, Mad Dogs currently projected to lose, but they don't have a quarterback in. So they should be really heavy favorites uh, once the once these lineups shake themselves out. Yeah, give me the Mad Dogs. Yeah, I recommend slotting somebody in from the waiver wire in that position for the week. Give me the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
it's a shame because Mahomes and Hill should, I think the words feast uh, this week against the Raiders. But I think I have to take the Mad Dogs too. Just a better team right now. T-Bag versus the Patriots. What a matchup. Um, we'll start off with take your ball and go home. Papa Kaz did say to me this week, he said, I was looking at Shane's team for a trade, but I'm playing him this week, so there's no way that guy's going to make a deal with me. Um, he knows he knows you too well. Uh, God, I can't stand Gardner Minshew. I don't know what it is. Um, Juju. Let's talk about Juju. One of him or Deontay Johnson is going to get a lot of Darius Slay this week. Um, I'm not sure which one it's going to be, but what do you guys expect from Juju coming off the bye week against the Eagles? Good things. I expect good things. Um, expect him to catch six, seven, eight balls and probably get one in the end zone. So I think it's a good week for Juju. Yeah, I, I think both Juju and Deontay are going to have good weeks. Uh, big week for Juju. I, 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 I'm going to give him the nod. I, I think this game's going to be a route uh, against Philly. Philly coming off their big emotional road win at the 49ers. And that they've done enough to quiet a, a lot of the folks in Philly, at least for the time being, and, and keep them off the bridges. But Juju has a big week. Uh, all right, Kenyon Drake's been bad. Chase Edmonds has shown some life. Is this the week that Chase Edmonds supplants Kenyon Drake of the St. Louis Patriots as the lead guy in Arizona? I don't know that it's this week. Um, Jets are just a bad football team. I, I think Drake should be able to do some damage. Um, but it's definitely something to keep our eye on. Um, it hasn't turned out as well as we envisioned for Drake. Um, gets off to the solid start week one. Since then, no touchdowns. Hasn't been that great. So definitely something to look forward to, look, look, look at moving forward. Yeah, I don't know if this is the week either. Jets are such a mess. I, I think both Drake and, and Edmonds will get a uh, significant amount of carries and touches this week. It doesn't happen, but next week is the one I have circled as Chase Edmonds' starting role. The only reason why I said it might be this week is because if Drake's not able to do anything against this bad jet bad Jets team, Edmonds will be able to, and you know that, that may be enough if Edmonds has a monster this week. Uh, Patriots versus T-Bag. Patriots, 10-point uh, favorites right now. Who you guys got? I mean, I love all of my matchups this week. So, I mean, my team should put up the max that they can, which is around 100 points. <laughs> so, I have I have absolutely – I mean, you can't ask for much better matchups other than Miles Sanders and Pitt. Um, with that being said, Patriots – yeah, I'm going to go with the Patriots. What does this Montgomery guy have to do to get in the lineup for the T-Baggers? Uh, poor guys. Pouring his heart out. To score. Thursday night football. <laughs> He's on pace for 20. Yeah. Can't sniff the lineup in this team that's going to score 100. Give me the Pats. I'll take the Pats, too. Yeah, even even when I make good moves, they, they come back to haunt me this year. I mean, Tampa Bay, best run defense. Montgomery, terrible last two weeks. I take him out. He scores. All right, Park versus Curtin. Michael Gallup ran more routes than any Cowboys receiver last year and put up 
about three points, I think. Um, Stein lauded it, I think, as the, the pick of the draft. What's wrong with Michael Gallup? Just overshadowed in that lineup. Um, it's kind of too much of a one-trip pony. And with Cooper and, and Lamb and Elliott, he, he's just kind of the lost man right now. Um, even, was it Cedric Wilson, is, is getting, feel like, more, more looks than him. Um, he's still There's still a lot of big play potential there, but he's just kind of lost in the shuffle right now. Um, and it looks like almost more of a well I mean it is it's a boomer bust with him I mean there's going to be a few weeks this this year where he, he puts up your 25 point weeks when he catches a big one but other than that it's a, it's a risky play right now yeah there, there's just too many mouths to feed in that offense um, and they're loaded at wide receiver he's going to be boomer bust from here on out Um, let's talk about the Steel Curtain. Quietly been one of the better teams in the league this year. Lost a tough one to Bowl last week on a two-touchdown Todd Gurley Monday night effort. But I want to talk about Dalvin Cook. Is Dalvin Cook the most underrated running back in football? Yeah. I was thinking last week during FanDuel, I'm like, I, I tried to, I didn't even like, I don't, he's one of those names I feel like I don't even consider sometimes. I'm just like, then I even plays and I'm like why didn't I put this guy in my lineup he scores every week like, it's just it's stupid like, I feel like I just forget about him I don't know just because I don't think about Minnesota all the time but this guy's just really really good and probably gonna try to find a way to get him in my laps from here on out yeah I, I would agree with that uh, whatever I watch him I, and I don't know why the Vikings aren't better, but I feel like there are just gaping holes that the offensive line can create. And even when Madison comes in, Madison looks good too. But yeah, Dalvin Cook's really, really good. He's, he's underrated because he's not on a great team. And he's one of those names that, you know, kind of like Thielen, where you don't really you don't really think about him off the top of your head when you talk about elite players at the positions, but he is. Yeah, Cook's outstanding, and Eddie traded for him two years ago and nailed it. Him and Michael Thomas have just carried the curtain, and he always adds the top quarterback and sprinkles in some other talent. So I, good on him for picking that out and uh, getting him before the breakout because no one would have traded him knowing what they know now about Dalvin Cook. Who wins curtain versus Park? 23.5-point favorites, Steel Curtain. I'll take the curtain, um, but there's definitely some concern if Singletary and Josh Allen are out because of COVID. Yeah, yeah. So what is? I guess this one's interesting. Who are these people gonna play? Uh, <laughs> so if that game doesn't take place, the Buffalo Tennessee game. I mean, he's got Singletary, Allen. He's already got. He's got Moss. He's got Allen Lazard on by. I mean. He's going to be looking at having to drop some people, try to fill out a roster here, um, or start some some backups. Um, so it's it's a rough week for the curtain. I guess he runs into a good one with the park having some issues as well with with their lineup, and also just the way the park's roster is right now. Um, but I'll take it. I'll take the curtain just to have enough to get by a, a weak park roster right now. Yeah, I, I think 
this might be a week where you see Madison and, and Benny Snell out on the waiver wire, maybe maybe Renfro, uh, and you grab two more players. And even with two waiver players, I, I, I think this team's good enough to, to beat the park. All right. Um, let's go to the Seawolves versus the Bull Weevils. Russell Wilson over under 40 points this week. Is this the game of the week? No. Okay. I didn't know if we missed one or not. No, we got to be quick because we still have one more to get okay. in. So, Russell Wilson okay. over under 40. Oh, uh, go just under because that's ridiculous, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's 50. 50 bagger this week. Give me the over. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, uh, way, way over. Way over. Uh, I don't know if he gets to 50, but it's going to be damn close. Uh, Bull Weevils. He's got Chase Edmonds in there, so he is anticipating what we talked about. Not that he has a, a ton of other options. Um, but let's talk about Brandon Ayuk. So I'm jump over a guy who scored a touchdown. Not a really high projection, only 7.4. He's kind of jack of all trades. He's not really going to be a a target hog in San Francisco, but he has a good matchup against Miami. Uh, over under 10 points for Brandon Ayuk. I'm going to say the train keeps rolling. Um, and until they get all their weapons back, they, they kind of got to keep them involved in the game plan. Um, it's a risky over for me because you just don't know if he's going to touch the ball enough. He probably has to get in the end zone to, to get to 10, but I, I, I'm going to say he does. Uh, give me, give me the under. It's not an eight week. You guys ever play Street Fighter? No, no. Oh. <clears throat> there was this, uh, this character in Street Fighter. Whenever he would do his uh, move, he would yell, "Ayuken!" So I always think of him when I when I hear that. Um, uh, I'll say over ten points. I think they they just like him. They find a way to get him the football. Who wins? Weevils versus. Uh, Seawolves, right now, the Weevils are seven-point favorites. Yeah, this is a good one. A lot of juicy matchups for the Bull Weevils this week. Wolves have the better team, but the matchups for the Weevils, I mean, I think this is a big Zeke Elliott week. Um, I really like it. I think, with that being said, it's the Wolves' season. Give me the wolves. I have to wonder if Henry's ever coming back at this point. And see wolves, heavy underdog in this matchup. I give, give me the underdog. I I think they're gonna pull this one out. I'll take the wolves. The only reason they're an underdog is because they have Russell Wilson's projection twenty points short. So <laughs> they only have him for twenty nine point four. Yeah, we also haven't gotten the second Evans touchdown yet this year. This night, so that's coming. All right, game of the week: Fleetwood franchise versus Team Ice Cream. Ice Cream ten point favorites over the franchise right now. Uh, we'll start off with the franchise. They get the big boost with Kareem Hunt now being the guy. Allen Robinson having a decent game tonight. Um, but my question is: How concerned are we about Marquise Brown of the Baltimore Ravens? Yeah, I mean, just like we talked about with uh, with Michael Gallup, um, he's kind of a one-trick pony. And if he doesn't catch a, a big play, you're, you're really looking at subpar weeks most of the time. Um, 
it's, a, it's, a, it's that boomer bust feeling, and he's not been as big of a part of the offense as he was early last season. And that being said, I mean, there's definitely room for breakout this week. I could see a big play happening against the Cincinnati defense. Um, but definitely concerning. He, he's just not a, not a top option on that team. They like to ground and pound and get the ball to the tight end. I'm concerned over any receiver of the football that's catching it from Lamar Jackson. So I, I, I have some real concerns. Yeah, they just they don't need big time receivers, and they like Shane said they just they can run it forty fifty times a game and be that way. So unfortunately, he's just not needed, and they're never really playing from behind for him to get the garbage time. So it's tough. I. I want to like Marquise Brown. I sneak him into a Fanduel lineup every week, just in case it's that week. But um, just uh, just can't do it right now. Talk about Team Ice Cream on the other side. Ronald Jones having a nice game so far for Tampa Tampa Bay. Um, Justin Jefferson getting the start against that bad Seattle uh, defense. Is Justin Jefferson the right move over players like Devontae Parker, Melvin Gordon, Robert Woods? Yep, sure is. I think so too. Seattle's defense, pass defense is terrible. Um, and Seattle's offense is incredible, so you're just forced to play a shootout against them. Give me some JJF this week. Um, really like it. Big week for him. JJF goes off this week, Eagles get blown out, and Philadelphia goes on life support. I like the move. I I, I, I think he has a big week. <laughs> yeah, nobody could figure out in the Eagles fan base why they took Jalen Rager when Justin Jefferson was out there. Um, Correct. I have to agree for those that didn't get Phil's uh, reference there. Um, who wins this matchup? I guess with the way things are playing right now, it's an adjusted projection of uh, 14-point favorites for Team Ice Cream. Um, they have great matchups this week. I will take Spears and the Shitters. Yeah, Shitters just got great matchups. Franchise are going to need Jackson to feast. Um, they're going to need the throwback to last year, Jackson, to, to keep him close, which is a distinct possibility this week, and they're going to need it, but I'll take the ice cream right now. Give me the enigma of a man that shits ice cream, and I think it's big. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right, we got a minute and a half left. Nothing really crazy to add. This is the end of the first uh, divisional round of play. We got the crossovers the next three weeks, followed by the trade deadline until we come home with, hopefully, the final five weeks of our regular season. Um, I don't know. The NFL seems pretty determined to make this thing happen, so I don't think you have anything to worry about, Phil. It's just what's it going to look like for us to get there is the question. They'll they'll find a way if they have to put a stop to the season and come back in a month or two. They'll they'll do it. They have the flexibility in the calendar. Everything's gone off probably as well as they could have expected so far. They'll they'll get the games in. I guess my my only question with a minute left here is. Will the Wolves ever see um, compensation for having that second bye week for the Titans, or no? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. Like, <laughs> just like we'll, a bye week, man. We'll have just to like see. <laughs> well, if, just like a bye week. <laughs> if they um, if they are canceled this week, if the Titans have positive tests tomorrow, um, we will have to have an emergency group text about how we can 
somehow rectify the situation. So we'll we'll be we'll be reactive, not proactive, and uh, we'll figure it out if something happens. Not enough time for Phil to answer to that. Sorry very much. We will talk to you guys next week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining. Thanks to Phil and Shane for again being on with me, and good luck to everyone in week five. <laughs>